The Rookie Leaders Podcast, Episode 23, The Four Enemies of Teamwork. Welcome to the Rookie Leaders Podcast, the podcast of veteran leaders offering leadership lessons to newbies. Whether you're brand new to leadership or expanding your leadership responsibilities, this podcast will provide the knowledge and experience you need to lead courageously and effectively. This podcast is a production of the Credible Leadership Group, a coaching and consulting firm devoted to your leadership development, career advancement, and personal growth. Learn more at CredibleLeaders.com. So grab your notebook, a pen, and your bulletproof coffee as we explore the leadership lessons every leader needs to master. Now, here's your host, Michael Tanner. Well, hello there, my friend. Michael Tanner here, your host. Once again, I am thrilled to welcome you to another episode of the Rookie Leaders Podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in to this particular episode. For you that have been regular listeners to the podcast, that are subscribers to the podcast, you have certainly recognized that I have been absent. I've been MIA for a number of weeks here. I'll explain that absence here in just a few moments as we get started with episode number 23 here. I apologize for that absence. Um, but again, I'll explain it here in just a few minutes, but I want to welcome you back. And for those of you that might be, this is your first time listening to the podcast. Episode number 23 is your first listen to the podcast. Welcome to the Rookie Leaders Podcast. I highly encourage you to subscribe to the podcast so that you don't miss a single episode as we, um, as we upload these episodes, you'll get those right away if you're subscribed. So highly encourage you to subscribe to the podcast. Let me also explain that you can find the show notes for this podcast uh, episode as well as all the other uh, podcast episodes over at CredibleLeaders.com. So the best way to get to this particular podcast is go to CredibleLeaders.com forward slash 023 as in episode 23. So that's CredibleLeaders.com forward slash 023 as in episode 23. And that'll take you right to the show notes for this specific episode of the podcast. But again, thanks so much for tuning in. I know there's lots of other things you could be doing with your valuable time, but you're listening into this podcast. And I thank you so much for that. I don't take that for granted at all. Now, let me uh, quickly explain for you uh, before we jump into today's topic, which is the four enemies of teamwork. Let me quickly explain to you some absence. I hate to be you know, missing an ab- action and and skipping weeks as it relates to getting leadership content to you all. And uh, I certainly want to explain that absence. Much like many of you, or, or probably all of you, I've been greatly impacted by the uh, COVID-19, uh, quarantine, shelter in place, you know, not go to work, uh, all of all of it that's been going on with that. I've certainly been impacted greatly with that, as I'm sure you have as well. And what that's caused for me in my real job, if you will, it's caused for me a lot of just shuffling around of my schedule and, and work activities. Uh, all of my team is working remote now. We're all working from home. Hopefully, we're going to be going into the office pretty soon. 
maybe initially on a voluntary basis, and then and then we'll just get back to whatever normal is going to look like. But that is really kind of upset my schedule and and uh, the work that I can do here at Rookie Leaders uh, podcast and also at CredibleLeaders.com. Uh, so that's really kind of thrown a, a wrench into what was my normal routine of the real job and then the side gig here with Credible Leaders and the Rookie Leaders podcast. Uh, and so for that reason, I, I had to really, really focus on my team. I had to really, really focus on uh, the people that are in my team and in different ways of communicating with them. Uh, we're all uh, heavily using Zoom these days, whereas maybe in the past we didn't. Uh, so a lot of that... Um, you know, chaos has, has really turned my uh, schedule upside down. And for that reason, I really, really had to focus on my team. So I apologize for that absence, but uh, I'm hoping, as I said earlier, we're getting back to normal. The COVID-19 scare is starting to maybe wane away a little bit. And uh, hopefully we'll all, me, my team, as well as you and your uh, teammates will be back in office or we'll be back into what we will call the new normal routine, hopefully very, very soon. So anyway, that's the reason for my absence. I want to jump into today's topic. uh, But as we get into today's topic, I want to talk to you or share with you some details on the sponsor for today's podcast. This podcast episode is sponsored by 4enemies.com. That's the number 4enemies.com. Uh, at fourenemies.com, you can head over there and you can take a fun and easy quiz that will help you identify which enemy is de- is killing, is destroying your teamwork. I'm a firm believer that teamwork is the only real competitive advantage that a business or a company or a team has. Teamwork. Uh, it's likely that your competitors they're delivering a similar product than you are. It's likely that they're reaching out to customers in a similar way that you are. It's likely that they are serving the customers in a very similar way than you are. And it may be, though, that from a market share standpoint, your competitors are defeating you. And I believe teamwork, your teamwork, your team's ability to work together as a team is the only real competitive advantage that you have over your competitors. And so what I've created here at fourenemies.com is a quiz that will help you identify which of the four enemies, and we're going to go through the four enemies today, but this quiz will uh, help you identify which of the four enemies is killing your teamwork, killing your competitive advantage. And then at the end of that quiz, you'll get great insight on understanding the enemy that's killing your teamwork. Then also, what are the steps that you can take to overcome that enemy and begin to build the team culture, the teamwork that you need to defeat, defeat your competitors. So head over to fourenemies.com. That's the number four enemies.com. And you can take the quiz today. It's a free quiz. The information that you receive after the quiz is free as well. And you can begin to begin, begin to build the teamwork that's needed to defeat your competitors. So again, head over to fourenemies.com. That's with the number four, four enemies dot com and take that quiz today. Now, with that said, let's jump into what I consider to be the four enemies of teamwork, right? When you have a group of people working together as a team, if if that team isn't cohesive, if, if that team isn't working well together, 
It's likely because you're struggling with one or more of these four enemies of teamwork. And I want to go through, I'm just going to kind of quickly highlight the four enemies uh, in this particular episode. And then in the coming four episodes, we're going to deep dive into each of these enemies and, and talk about some more details of the enemy itself and then how you can overcome the enemy, how you can defeat this enemy such that it won't be killing your teamwork. So we'll, we'll do that in the subsequent coming four episodes after this one as well. But today I want to give you a highlight of these four enemies. So I'm just going to kind of straight away, I'm going to give you the four enemies, then we'll go back through each one. And I'll talk, you know, in more detail about what each one of these enemies are. So the four enemies of teamwork. Number one is a distrustful culture, a distrustful culture. Number two is unhealthy debate. You have unhealthy debate within your team. Enemy number three is unaccountable misalignment. There's two parts to that one, but it's unaccountable misalignment. And then finally, enemy number four is individual players. You are a group of individual players, not a group of team players. Now, I want to go through each of those four and just kind of describe for you, highlight, well, what does it look like to have one or more of these enemies of your teamwork? So let's first start with distrustful culture. So oftentimes when I mention this particular enemy, I will get the reaction from teams or team leaders that would suggest, no, 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 you, you don't understand. I mean, we we trust one another. We get one another. We, we, we've been together as a team long enough that we trust one another. And as I dive deeper into that and, and try to understand from this team's pr- perspective, what does trust mean? They're really talking about that this team has been together long enough that they can predict behavior. That's not the trust that I'm talking about here in this particular enemy. With a distrustful culture, uh, team trust is ba- it's vulnerability-based, right? It's a vulnerability-based trust. Team trust has nothing to do with I can predict your behavior, right? Um, if if I can predict a team member is going to be late for a meeting, maybe I can even predict that that team member is going to make an excuse for being late for the meeting. Maybe I can pr- even predict the exact excuse that that team member is going to use for being late to the meeting. That doesn't mean I trust that team member, okay? And so just recognize that when we talk about trust within a team we're not just talking about this 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 idea that we've been together we know each other well enough that we can predict one another's behavior no team trust it's based on relationships again it's based on uh, vulnerability it's it's based on this idea that i can be honest i can be transparent i can even feel exposed i can feel uh, vulnerable in my sharing of my thoughts, my feelings, my ideas, my results with the rest of the team. Now, this is critical. This is super important to effective teamwork, this having a vulnerability-based trust within the team. Because what it does is it eliminates all the political posturing, all the bureaucracy, all the, you know, the CYA activity, cover your ass kind of activity uh, of all the team members. It, it just does away with all of that. There's no r- reason for political posturing when you fully trust all of your team members. There's no reason to take action or to manipulate a situation or manipulate your, 
your words or for the purpose of covering your ass when you trust all of those individuals on your team, right? When you have a distrustful culture, you don't have any commitment uh, to the team. Uh, I, I love to say this about my team. The team is more important than me. But that can only exist. That attitude can only exist in all of the individual team members when you have a vulnerability-based trust within the culture of the team. When you have a distrustful culture, you have no loyalty. You, you have this feeling that any team member, member would leave at any moment that they had a better opportunity elsewhere. Within the company that you work or, or elsewhere in another company, you just have this feeling about one or more of your team members that there's no loyalty there if they had an opportunity elsewhere better or worse opportunity elsewhere if they had another opportunity elsewhere they would leave the team you have no loyalty when you have a distrustful culture but then also in a distrustful culture you tend to not have any self-awareness you, you, you tend to right you you're not recognizing uh my words and my actions, how they impact the rest of the team. Because in a distrustful culture, I really don't care about the rest of the team. And so I may behave, I may act, I may, you know, say things that are hurtful to the rest of the team or harmful to the, you know, the cohesiveness of the team. But I'm just not even self-aware of that. I, I don't even know that. And it's because we don't have a level of trust, a level of vulnerability-based trust such that we can call each other out on those kind of words or actions or, or, or behaviors. When there's no vulnerability-based trust, no one speaks up. No one calls anyone else out. And so you have this level of uh, you know, self-awareness that's so low that you have team members harming or hurting other team members or team cohesiveness, and they don't even know about it because it's not being called out. Uh, and it goes on and festers and grows, and you get more and more of this to the point that, again, distrust within the team grows and grows and grows. And then, again, you've got this political posturing and bureaucracy and all of those other things between between team members that hinders that team's performance and effectiveness as a team. So that's that's a distrustful culture. That's enemy number one. If you, if you have distrust among your team members, I promise it is going to hurt the performance of your team. And when I say distrust, again, I'm not at all talking about you've been together long enough that you can predict how one another will behave. I'm talking about you trust one another deeply enough that you can share failures and faults with your teammates and you can do that quickly. For instance, this here's, a, here's an example. A distrustful culture shows up in this way. You may have, as a team, you've got a goal, you've got a project you're working on, and that project has a milestone, a major milestone that is due tomorrow. And today in your team meeting, you're having an update, and one of your team members mentions that he's not going to be able to deliver on his commitment for that milestone tomorrow. And you know that this team member has had this commitment for weeks now, but just now he's being forced to acknowledge his failure to deliver on those on his deliverables before that milestone. He held that to himself because he doesn't trust the team. If you had a vulnerability-based trust at the very beginning, weeks ago, 
when this team member started struggling with that deliverable, he would have immediately shared that failure with the team such that the team could help him overcome that. And now this milestone that's tomorrow would be met. But when you have a distrustful culture, that team member is not going to talk about his faults or his failures until he absolutely has to. And so it plays out every day in our teams where right before a deadline or a milestone or right before, right right at the point where the team member is basically forced to acknowledge to the team that they failed in some way or they've struggled in some way or they have a challenge that they can't overcome. That's when they're only when they're forced to is when they're going to share that. But in a vulnerability based trust team, that individual can, can share that information immediately and the team can help that individual Uh, that team member to overcome that challenge and move forward and keep the project on track or hit their milestones or hit their goal. That's the importance of vulnerability-based trust within a team. And if you see those things play out in your team, then you have a distrustful culture, enemy number one. Now let's move on to enemy number two. Enemy number two is unhealthy debate, unhealthy debate. Now, some people will call this conflict. Some people will call this confrontation whatever. What I'm talking about here, I'm talking about, I'm not talking about this need to just argue, this need to debate, right? Uh, But your unhealthy debate, it may look like no debate at all. Maybe you have a, you know, you have a team and you get together as a team in a team meeting and you share a problem with the team. Hey, hey guys, here's a problem that we're having. Anybody have any ideas on uh, how we can solve this problem? Maybe no one offers an idea about this problem or or a solution to this problem. Maybe they're just sitting back waiting on you as the leader to offer up the solution, but they're just not willing to offer up an idea of how to, uh, to solve this problem. That's no debate at all. That's unhealthy debate. Or maybe you have that one person, that one individual, that one team member outspoken, opinionated, and, and that person throws out an idea. So, so she throws out an idea and says, hey, here's how we can solve that problem. And then the rest of the team just seemingly acknowledges that idea and just kind of shakes their head or mumbles about, yeah, yeah, okay, that sounds like a good idea. Nobody's willing to challenge that idea or nobody's willing to offer up a slightly different idea or nobody's willing to offer up some kind of augmentation of that idea. Everybody just seemingly kind of goes along with that idea. Uh, and so you have no debate among your team. Nobody is willing. Nobody has enough passion about the problem or the product or the customer that you're trying to serve. Nobody has enough passion to really engage in potentially a heated conversation about what is best for the product. What's the best solution to solve this problem? What's the best way to serve our customer? So in the meeting example that I just shared with you, you say, hey, team, we got this problem. Anybody have any good suggestions on how to solve this problem? And maybe, again, one person offers up an idea, but nobody else has enough passion about solving that problem to offer up any other ideas, counter ideas, or any suggest, you know, any modifications to that idea. No one has that passion. Furthermore, you may have two members that don't even feel a sense of obligation to contribute to the team in that way. So again, the team is facing a problem and we're trying to brainstorm ideas on solving that problem, but you may have 
team members sitting in your team meeting that don't even feel an obligation to contribute to, you know, ideas to solving this problem. Maybe that individual on the team isn't experiencing the problem, isn't feeling the pain of the problem. But even if they aren't, they should feel obligated for the sake of the the whole team to offer up their ideas, to offer up their suggestions. And when you don't have this debate, when you don't have this this passion to share ideas and thoughts, if you don't have this obli- this this feeling of obligation to share uh, with the rest of the team to contribute to the betterment of the team, then you have unhealthy debate. You, you, you get into a situation where you have no disagreement whatsoever. And, and again, this is not disagreement with one individual against the other, right? You're, you're not trying to prove I'm right and you're wrong. Uh, you know, this isn't debate in the sense of a political debate where the the purpose or the goal of a political debate is I win and you lose. The The purpose of team debate is the product wins or the solution to the problem wins or the customer wins because they're going to receive better service or, or, or better value from us, right? It's all about the team. Or, I mean, it's all about the 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 product or the solution or the customer, whatever, whatever you're trying to make better, whatever you're trying to solve, the purpose of this debate is for the good of that, not the not for the win of the individual team member or even the win of the whole team. It's for the betterment of whatever your whatever goal you're trying to reach or problem you're trying to solve, that kind of thing. Or on the other spectrum, so maybe you have no debate whatsoever, no passion, no obligation. On the other end of the spectrum, maybe you have just outright you know knock down drag out arguments just heated heated arguments uh between two team members or or multiple team members maybe that's the case and in that case your debate is unhealthy in the sense that everything is being taken personally right Uh, when when someone offers an idea to solve this problem but then someone else offers a different idea those two individuals may be taking that as a personal attack and so when person number two offers their idea, person number one views that as you've just attacked that person individually, not the idea or even not for the sake of, of solving the problem with the best solution or even for the sake of offering my opinion of uh, an idea. No, it's a personal attack, right? So your debate, maybe you're having lots of debate, but it's unhealthy in the sense that it, everything is taken personally. And here's what suffers. When you have unhealthy debate, here's what suffers. The customer suffers or the product suffers or the solution to whatever problem you're trying to solve is not the best solution. If you can't talk about those things among your team, again, it's the product, the customer, the solution. Those are the types of things that will suffer because your team can't enter into healthy debate. Now let's move on to, that was enemy number two, unhealthy debate. Enemy enemy number three is unaccountable misalignment, unaccountable misalignment. There's two parts to this enemy. There's first the unaccountable piece and the misalignment piece. Now we tend to understand when I say accountability and and so if if we're talking about something being unaccountable, uh, we tend to understand that, but I believe a lot of people have a misconception about what accountability within a team should look like. When I say accountability in a team, I'm not talking about the role and responsibility of an individual 
on that team to hold everyone else accountable to delivering their, you know, their deliverables or, or accomplishing their tasks. The idea that one individual, and oftentimes we view this as the team leader, but the idea that one individual can hold everyone on the team accountable for all of their tasks, that just isn't scalable. I don't believe an individual can hold the whole team accountable to doing everything. Eventually, you're going to have a team large enough or the in, or the team members on your team are going to have enough tasks that that individual can't hold everybody accountable to everything. It's not scalable. And so instead, what I'm talking about here when I say unaccountable misalignment, when I say unaccountable, I'm talking about it's a it's a team culture where you don't have every team member holding every other team member accountable for their particular part, their their task or their deliverables or their role and responsibility within the team. It can't be a single person holding everybody accountable to that. It's got to be a culture of accountability. So in other words, every team member is holding every other team member accountable. That's the culture that you need. The second part of this is misalignment. Misalignment is... You know, so again, I've presented to the team, hey, we have this problem. What's your ideas on solving this problem? And maybe a couple of individuals offer up some ideas and the team uh, as a whole settles on, uh, you know, a solution to that problem. Or maybe the, the team lead makes a call and makes a decision on the solution to that problem. But as you leave that team meeting, you may kind of look around and every team member seems to nod in agreement that they're aligned with this is the best solution to solving the problem now let's go do it but then as they leave the team meeting you'll have individuals they're misaligned on that even though they might have faked alignment within the you know within the group within the team meeting they leave the team meeting and they go out and they either give it a half-hearted effort uh to you know to to uh, follow that solution and solve that problem, or maybe they don't give it any effort at all. They could be as bold as to sabotage that that solution to solving the problem, and it's because they left that meeting and they weren't aligned on the on the the, the strategy or the solution to the problem, or they weren't aligned on the features to add to the product, or they weren't aligned on the the team's decision on the best way to serve the customer. Now, oftentimes, misalignment is attributed to this idea that they don't have the opportunity or to go up to unhealthy debate, they don't have the sense of obligation to offer up their own ideas. People tend to need to be heard. Let me share my thoughts and my feelings, my ideas about this solving this problem before I will buy into or before I will align to some other uh, suggestion that is not my own. People need to be heard. Uh, and so you just uh, you, you have these individuals that leave the team meeting. And again, while they kind of nodded their head that, yes, understand I, I'm aligned, they leave the meeting and it's a half-hearted effort. They're not really aligned with the um, with the decision at all. And so what you're going to have is you're going to have a team that that can't be, you know, just won't accomplish any kind of aggressive results or or won't have any real overachievement. Uh, because you have some of your team members going off to execute on the strategy or the solution or the plan, but they're doing so in a really half-hearted effort or, or no effort at all. And, and again, you may have even have sabotage at play here. And so you're going to have a team 
that can't have those aggressive results or, or overachievement because you're, 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 you have individuals that are misaligned and they're not being held accountable for that. So that's enemy number three, unaccountable misalignment. Now, finally, number four, and this is probably, uh, especially from a leadership standpoint, this is one. This is the hardest enemy to address, but it may be that you have individual players on your team rather than team players. Just because you have a group of five or ten individuals together doesn't mean you have a team. You have a team when every person on that team is a team player and not an individual player. Uh, you see this oftentimes maybe like in a, in a, in a sales team, maybe you have a sales team and, and sales teams, they tend to kind of rank each other by performance, uh, maybe on a monthly basis by, by sales numbers or revenue brought in or something like that. Sometimes you'll have these individual players that, uh, while, and maybe they're the rock star, maybe they're the, the top salesman, uh, month after month after month, they have the top sales but they're an individual player in the sense that they don't aid or help or support any of the other players. And essentially what they end up doing while they, as an individual player, they excel, they hit their monthly numbers or exceed their monthly numbers. They're holding the other team members down. So as a whole, the team can't succeed as a whole, uh, but that individual may be hitting their numbers. You see this uh, on occasions where, an individual, again, like in, in the sales department or sales team uh, example, uh, over the course of a year, you may see a sales team that didn't hit their annual revenue revenue numbers, right? They missed, they lost. If, you, if you're playing a, a, a game, if you're in a competition, you lost because you didn't hit your goal of revenue. But then you have that sales individual, that individual player that looks at their individual results and says, well, I met all of my goals. Every month I hit my goal. And they view that as an individual, not as a team. And that's the type of individual player that I'm talking about rather than team player. Uh, and you be- you begin to identify these individual players by their lack of willingness to defeat these other enemies of teamwork. So as you really work with your team to defeat these enemies of teamwork, your individual team players they're going to start to resist the hard work necessary to defeat these other three enemies. They're going to be in a you know, they're going to resist the idea of being vulnerable with one another, building relationships with one another. They're going to resist this idea of, of passionate debate for the purpose of, of coming up with a better solution. They're going to resist this idea of being held accountable when they don't hit a number on the date that they are supposed to deliver it or, or when, uh, you know, when they uh, give a half-hearted um, effort related to a solution that they did, don't agree with or a strategy that isn't their own, you're going to begin to see individual players show a lack of willingness to defeat these other enemies of teamwork. And when they do so, they'll do so with this lack of humility, you know, I, I'm a great player. I'm a, you know, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a rock star. I'm outstanding at my job. This lack of humility in their unwillingness to defeat these other enemies. You'll also see, uh, oftentimes in their attitude, this idea of complacency. Uh, everything's fine the way it is. I, again, I'm hitting my numbers month after month after month. Everything's fine. So I, I I'm, I'm happy with things the way they are. You'll see this resistance to change in these individual players. Um, 
and underlying all of that that I just shared, you'll, you'll, you'll have this attitude of ego. Again, it's about me. I'm an individual player. It's not about the team. I'm hitting all of my numbers every month. I can't help what the team's doing. It's this ego thing, right? And what you'll have in that, you'll have this complete lack of awareness or, or understanding of the value of the team. Uh, and, and you'll see that in the attitude, in the words, and in the behavior of these individual team players. And when you have that, you have to address it, uh, especially as a team leader. You have to address the individual team players because, again, just because you have a group of people together doesn't mean you have a team. If you don't have team, you're not going to have effective team work. What you need is team players on your team and not individual players. You've got to address that lack of willingness to defeat these other enemies, that lack of willingness to do the hard work necessary to make an effective team and to create that environment of teamwork. You will have to address those individuals. Otherwise, you're just not going to build the team that you want to build, and these individuals will continue to um, hold the team down if that's the case. So that's your four enemies. I'll run through those really quickly again. Distrustful culture, unhealthy debate, unaccountable misalignment, and individual players. Now, as I said, in the next coming four episodes of the Rookie Leaders podcast here, we'll deep dive into each of these individually and help you better understand these four enemies, the impact that they're having to your teamwork and how you can overcome these particular enemies. We'll go over those in the, in the four coming episodes of the Rookie Leaders podcast. But in the meantime, what I would encourage you to do is head over to fourenemies.com. That's the number four, fourenemies.com. There you can read about the four enemies, but you can also take a fun and short quiz that will help you identify the enemy that your team is currently struggling with. And then following that, as you get the results uh, of that survey and you identify the enemy that your, your team is struggling with, I give you specific uh, you know, descriptions on exactly what that enemy, you know, help you understand that enemy, but then also specific steps on overcoming that particular enemy and building the teamwork that you need to be a competitive advantage. The only real competitive advantage so that you can beat out your competitors and serve your customers better, build better products, better revenues, grow your business, grow your company uh, better than your competitors. You do that through teamwork. So again, head over to fourenemies.com take the quiz. I assure you it will help you in building out the teamwork that you have. Hey, thanks again so much for tuning in. Again, I apologize for the absence over the last couple of weeks. I hope you guys are being safe through this coronavirus, but, uh, and, and I hope now I've helped you understand the four enemies of teamwork. Until I speak with you again, be blessed and lead well. episode of the Rookie Leaders Podcast has ended, but never fear. You can find other binge-worthy podcast episodes at rookieleaders.com. If you liked this episode, please rate and write a review in iTunes. If you haven't already, please subscribe to the podcast. And remember to share this episode with your friends and colleagues looking for leadership lessons of their own. We appreciate your support. For more great leadership content, head over to credibleleaders.com.